Hi everyone, I'm Beatrice Nix. Welcome back to Nix at Night. And boy, do I have some complaining for you. I think this will be a fun one. Um, I have so many stories about working in retail and um, the service industry. So, and I'm, I'm sure there are a number of you out there who have stories as well. So I would definitely love to hear them, but here's mine first. <laughs> for my safety... <laughs> And to make sure I won't get in trouble with any of these places. I know I'm really small, but still just to like cover my back. Um, I don't want to name any of the places I worked at because um, I just want to I just want to highlight how crazy and absurd some of these things were because I don't want it to come back to me and I don't want to get into any legal trouble. So like I said, I know I'm like a small creator <laughs> right now um, and I'll probably say that way, which is fine. But just in case some random CEO happens to click on some dumb girl's podcast, I would like to cover myself. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to talk about some interesting stories um, and experiences that I had. And maybe you can learn from them. I'm not saying that you are like these people I experienced these things with. Um, you know, if you have some sort of entitlement at these establishments, you got to check yourself. So, but anyway, I'm going to spill some secrets and complain about some stuff. And hopefully this one will be a fun one for you to experience. I worked at a couple retail stores and honestly, like the show Superstore is very, very scarily accurate to what it's like working in retail. Um, I actually really, really love that show. Um, and I wish it could have continued for like way more seasons because, um, one of my favorite actresses is America Ferreira, but I loved her in Ugly Betty. She's going to be in the Barbie movie. And so she's also a producer for Superstore and she plays a character in there and she's actually really funny. Like I already knew she was funny, but I feel like when most people think of her, they think of sisterhood of the traveling pants and they don't think of anything else really like maybe ugly betty but not many people i know like love it as much as i do they like would watch it but like i am obsessed ugly betty is one of my favorite shows that is a talk for another day <laughs> but anyway <laughs> let's get let's get back into this but yeah i love america ferrera and if you haven't watched superstore watch superstore it's very very accurate and some of these dumb character um, experiences that happen in the show happen in real life. I'm not saying that it's like a factual known thing for the show, but it's it's definitely like I've experienced some of those interactions that they did on the show. But anyway, <laughs> back to what I was going to talk about. Um, when I was in like the first month of freshman year of college and like literally like the first week of dorming, I went out and I went to look for a job and I pretty much immediately got an interview for this place, this retail store, um, which I will call it Cloud Nine because that's what they call it in Superstore. Um, the, the store that I work at is Cloud Nine. So I applied for a job at Cloud9 and immediately I got an interview and I went in to do the process. There was like someone else who inter interviewed me first um, and she was really nice and I, I told her like some of the work experience I did that was like not much. It was more of like volunteer work that I did and 
I did this program called After School Matters where it was like technically a job because I got paid to be there, but it wasn't like officially a job because it was like, you know, the theater kid in me dancing and singing. So it wasn't like a job job, but I guess I had enough for me to pass on to the next level, which was the same day of interviews, the next level of interviewing, which was going up to the store manager. And so I go up into the store manager's place. Also, when I went into this like interview thing, I was just told it was like, like an interview meetup. So it wasn't like official official. So at the time, I didn't know that it was like the official interview process. Now that I know it is the official interview process. So that's why I'm calling it the, the interview. But anyway, so I go up there in my t-shirt and jeans. And I tell the guy pretty much the same thing I told the last person what I've done, um, what I'm looking to do and such. Um, and I had no interview skills whatsoever because now I know the question they ask is, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? They want you to say that establishment. And what I said was like, oh, I don't know. I would, I would hope to be graduated from DePaul, moving to California, working on films like I, I shot for the stars and the moon, my guys. But <laughs> I get offered the job right on the spot. Didn't know that was a red flag then. Definitely know it now. If it if a job hires you on the spot, you better fucking run. Like if you if you're getting the job through a friend and it's like a sure thing, then yeah, definitely. Like you don't need to run. You you already know. It's already talked about behind the scenes. So, but if you you don't have that setup, run because they don't have enough people, and you're going to be doing a lot more work and being paid exactly the same. So. Anyway, I worked there. I started as a cashier there. I did a really great job myself. I was selling item of the month, um, which was like a highlight item for that specific month that they really want you to push on to customers. So yeah, I was doing really good about that. I think it was because <laughs> I was fresh out of high school. So I had a very cutesy look to myself and I mixed. I'm Mexican and Greek. So like I said, fresh out of high school, like I, it was just summer. And for me, even though like I'm mixed, I tan really, really dark. Um, so I was not like super, super dark, but you could tell that I was like something like you could tell I, I got something in me, like even if you didn't know me. And with this place that I worked at, I don't know if it was because of the location or if it was like the type of store. So I don't know if I can fully blame it on um, on cloud nine. <laughs> but I think it was like a mixture of both, um, given the type of store that we were and given our location, which was a very uppity, rich neighborhood, which was a neighborhood I never grew up in. And anyway, so I, I dealt with a lot. I was like, how old was I then? I was 18 years old dealing with customers who would say racial slurs to me because I couldn't return their 10 year old coffee maker. <laughs> and I couldn't get upset because, you know, they would push on a lot that the customers always write. Um, so I couldn't get fully upset. I did have a couple managers that were actually like really, really cool about things. And when things like that would happen to someone, they would step in and be like, that is not right. You need to leave. So shout out to those there. They don't listen to this, but shout out to those people who, actually cared about you know the, 
the employees versus the store managers and the floor managers. Those types of managers didn't care about us. But eventually I got moved to customer service because I guess I was doing such a good job. I think that was literally within like four months of me working there. And so I got to deal with more customers. So that's great. So at customer service, there's like two of us that work up there. Um, and we do a lot of work. We can take purchases, but our main concern is like returns. And like if people call and they have to look up an item, we do our best and send it to that department. Um, and then we have to like organize everything that has to go back. We put it on carts, we send it back, like that kind of thing. And so there was this one lady, this old, old ass lady. Um, she came in, she was with like her granddaughter or something that was like around my age. Um, and so she comes in like already angry about something. And she sets down this plastic sandwich bag of like rusted utensils, like clearly used, clearly rusted. They are old probably older than the lady is standing in front of me. And I didn't even want to really touch it because it was so bad because they look so disgusting. Like normally I don't really care. Like I'll take the return. I'll be fine. But they were very, very, very gross. So I just, I just want to put that in your head. Just like how freaking disgusting these were. And so anyway, she, she says she wants to make a return. And so for me, like I am such a goody two shoes in a lot of things, especially when it comes to work. So I did everything by the book. And so the first question you ask, like all places ask, is if you have the receipt. And so she just kind of scuffs at me and asks why, why the hell would I ask that to her? Because she's had them for years. So why would she have the receipt? She just wants her money back because she's done with them. <laughs> and so when I worked there, there was like this process um, if you didn't have the receipt. A lot of the times, like a lot of products have like a product number, like say like a toaster, a coffee maker, a Keurig, whatever. They have a product number on that product itself and normally on the box too, which shows like what store it came from. Because sometimes we would get a lot of returns from other places such like Amazon, you know? So that was like the easiest process. That was like the easiest return you could do. You got something that had a product number. You would see that like, yes, it is from the store. Perfect. We can continue with the return. And then find out what department it goes to, process it, and you're done. And since I don't have the receipt, we let them know it's going to be minus 20% of whatever price it's worth right now in the store. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, people would be like, yeah, I get it. I don't have the receipt. That's fine. And this process would take a while. So we would tell them to like walk around, see if they want to exchange it for something else. And by the time we come back, we should have it finished. We never say that we have it finished. We just say we should have it finished by then as long as like it's not busy. And that day it wasn't like super, super busy. It was like a normal amount of busy. Um, but because this lady didn't have a receipt and she didn't have the product number or anything like that, which she wouldn't because it was utensils, I had to do a deep dive of trying to figure out what this was, like what brand it was, where'd it come from to even make sure it's actually from Cloud9. <laughs> um, I do some digging, I do all this research and I finally find the product that came out as I expected years ago. So today it was only worth like, I remember it was like eight something, like 863, 853, eight something. Um, which I can see the original price. It was at least, I think, $50, um, something like that. And on top of that, she 
didn't have all of the pieces. I think it was like a 24 or something piece set and she was missing like quite a lot of things. Like she only had one little sandwich bag of like maybe eight items. I go ahead and I call one of the managers. Thank God it was one of the cool managers that day. And I tell him the situation because like he was already kind of watching the vibe when she came in too. Um, And he was like, he knew, he knew she was going to be a problem. We all knew, we all knew this was going to go badly. Um, And what he told me was, unfortunately, like what this is worth is going to be whatever it's worth, which is the eight something minus 20%. But also we have to take out for the fact that she doesn't have all of the pieces. So I think in the end, the number we came up with was like 690 something. Um, anyway, so I had to prepare to tell her when she came back and he, like I said, he was one of the cool ones. So he's like, I'll wait around when that happens. I know it's going to explode. I'll deal with it. Like I said, it was like a somewhat of a busy day and I had a bit of a line. I had only two people. I finished with the first person. Then the old lady comes back, completely cuts this person off. And she's like, okay, she slams the box on the counter. I have what I want to exchange it with. Um, and how we're supposed to do it is if we have the exchange, we will take them eventually, but we do have to try to make the lines go by quicker. And at that point, it started to get a bit longer of a line. And so I was like, that's great, but I can take you after the person who was next. She was already standing up there. She was literally cut off by the lady and pushed aside. So I was like, let me finish with this person real quick because I could see that they had the receipt in hand literally it was on the box and I'm like I have to finish this once I do that one you can go next and anyone else who just walked in they'll just have to be behind you and she is frustrated but the granddaughter or whatever she seemed to get it and even she was like annoyed with her grandmother so she was like okay that's fine we'll wait and her grandma was like fine we'll wait so I, I literally, it doesn't even take that long because the person has a receipt. So I, I click scan done. She's gone. Like that was literally like at most a minute. And so the old lady steps up, she slams her item down again. And she's like, what do you got for me? And so I begin to explain to her the situation. I tell her like how I mentioned before, the item I am returning for her is going to be whatever it's worth today, minus 20%. And because we don't have all the pieces here, unfortunately, it's going to be six something. And she starts screaming. She's upset. She's so mad. She can't believe like she paid over like 50 something dollars for it. And they were really nice. And it's not her fault that they got rusted, blah, blah, blah. And I get when people are frustrated with something. I totally understand. But the fact that she's taking it out on... <laughs> People. I am a person. I am a person and you do not need to scream at me like this. But obviously I did not say that. So my manager does step in when this happens and he again explains it to her why this is happening. And she just keeps screaming and she keeps yelling and she's like, you guys should be the one to go dig into my trash then and and find the missing pieces because I threw them out because they were going bad and it's not my fault. Your products are faulty and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we're just like, Jesus, lady. And so finally, he like turns the screen around to show her how much they're worth. And he's like, here's the fucking proof. Obviously, he didn't swear at her, but he's like, here's the proof. Like... You are missing pieces 
this is what it's worth today. This is the best we can do for you. And mind you, the item she was going to come and exchange it with, she got from like the clearance section. So that itself was only like going to be like $18. So the six something she was getting back was going to cover like a good portion. Like I know it's not ideal. It's not what she wanted, but it was going to still cover a good portion. And there was just multiple horrible interactions with people at that place. I had one person, like I mentioned before, in terms of the barcodes, where he was returning an item that was gifted to him. So yeah, he didn't fully know where it came from. He didn't have a gift receipt. And when I looked up the item number on both the box and the product itself, both of them said it was from Am the Amazon retailer. And he swore up and down that his aunt told him it was cloud nine. And so we had to return it. I got someone who is above me. She said the same thing. The person got someone who was above her because he just kept screaming and yelling. And he was there for like, I want to say an hour, half an hour. And because he just would not believe us. And we're like, we can't return it like this because we will get flagged. We will get in trouble. That's like the the reasoning behind it but obviously we don't say that um eventually one of my managers who was normally cool this was this was when I saw his decline eventually he did leave like shortly after this like maybe a month three months after this interaction I saw his decline but the cool manager he came and he was like just fucking just fucking return it I don't fucking care and we returned it the guy um got it for whatever price we listed it as um which was less, but it was something and it had to be store credit. So he couldn't get like cash or anything for it. And he was still disappointed. Like, I, I guess I'll, I'll give these two instances like points for not yelling any racial slurs at me. I guess they're above that, but they're just not above yelling at retail workers. I do have a very disgusting secret for you guys at this cloud nine <laughs> that I worked at. Uh, I, I can't say that it's standard for all all stores like this, but at this specific one, a lot of the times when we would return like bed sheets or pots and pans, if they were passable enough, we put them back on the floor. Normally, what I did in the beginning is if I could tell it was clearly used, I would mark it as damaged. Um, there was like one set of sheets that was going around for a while. In the beginning, I marked it as damaged. Um, because it was, there, there were marks on it. I don't know what it was, but there were marks on it. Like just because it was folded back in the package fine. I was like, we shouldn't put this back on the floor. And so I marked it as damaged and someone higher up than me was like, no, it's fine. And while I get, you know, people can wash things or whatnot, still like bringing it into your house. You don't know what it's touched. You don't want know what's happened to it. You don't know what's connected to it. And advertising it as it's still new, I thought was wrong because these, these sheets kept coming back for the same issues and it was just wild to me. So I, I hope other stores don't do that and they actually follow by the rules and such. Luckily, this Cloud9 <laughs> that I worked at is closing, so... That's not going to happen anymore. There were other jobs in between this retail job I'm talking about and then this next one where I worked in a restaurant. Um, but there wasn't like enough notable things that I thought were interesting enough to talk about. But pretty much they were just as insufferable as the last one. 
but I did work at a burger joint for about three years. And overall, I did really enjoy the place. I think I would have stayed a lot longer if it Honestly, if it weren't for the customers. And around the time I left, a lot of the people I loved working with were leaving too. So it was just kind of like closing that chapter. But man, I don't know who's worse. Customers in retail or customers in the food service industry. Because you both suck. You both have your issues. And obviously, if you're not the one causing problems, then I'm not talking about you. But you suck. (laughs) Um, But this place that I worked at, I always consider it to be like an upscale McDonald's because that's what it was. It was this, you know, small business that was a burger joint, but it was overpriced on certain things. But I, I, I would say our price wasn't super, super crazy considering... And I know this because I had to memorize a menu and stuff, but considering our quality of beef and such, you know, the prices were fine. They they weren't cheap. I'll give them that. They weren't cheap. But for what you were getting, I thought it was reasonable. And this was in the same neighborhood as the last job I talked about. So you can guess just what type of customer I had. But a lot of us who worked there were either in college, done with college, or just kind of figuring out what to do in their life and you know there were some of us who argued a lot but at the end of the day if a customer was being a fucking asshole all of us would support that person like they could have like hated each other but at the end of the day like we we would band together and I think it was the trauma bond from the customers so and like I hate when people talk about work as family but you know it kind of was like we had our issues but we were still there for each other and I, I definitely saw a difference in customer base pre and post pandemic. And that was kind of one of the main like turning points for me to be like, I have to get out of here. But here are some dumb things that happen at that place. Um, so we had like two menus. One was like a build your own burger type of situation. And one had like pre-set up burgers. So they already had like toppings and sauces all decided for you. We had one that was called the All-American, which is essentially like your average cheeseburger. And we were all trained on both the menus and all of the fixings and all that stuff. So no one knew it better than us. Like if you were a customer coming in, we were the person to ask, obviously. So if you have a menu that you don't understand... Do not be stubborn and try to figure out yourself when you have no idea what's going on. Because more often than not, surprisingly, the waiter or waitress or whoever is serving you will know more than you do, especially if you know nothing. So anyway, many times someone would come in and look at the menus and I get it. It could be overwhelming. There's a lot going on and all of us have had our issues with how the menu is presented, but we understood. We understood the stress. We understood you needed a minute to collect yourself and stare at everything. That's fine. So normally, you know, I would ask if they needed any help and then I would have a lot of people who would say they just want a basic cheeseburger. I did have a good handful of people who would listen to me, listen to my recommendations. And then there was like a little back and forth, a little conversation of like, oh, I want this, but not this. And I would help them through it. So the ones that understood they needed help were great. 
But more often than not, I would get a person who would be like, I just want a basic cheeseburger. And I was like, okay, no problem. What about the all-American burger? And I would list on every single thing that was on there. And they would stand there and I guess pretend to listen to me. And then they would be like, no, I want to build my own. And then proceed to order the exact burger I just described to them. But it was just to build your own. And it it annoyed me because the thing with the All-American is in the system, I would just click the button, it would all be there. And with the build your own one, I have to go in and build it all up in the ticket for there, which is fine. Like, I know it's just clicking buttons and whatnot, but it just irritated me that they just didn't listen to what I was saying. I was genuinely trying to help them. Every single time I would fall for it, I would help them. And I would say the all-American spiel and they'd be like, "Mm, I want to build my own and then proceed to order the exact burger I described. It was annoying, but I was never going to fight anyone on it. I wasn't going to be like, that's exactly what I just said. But as you can tell, it's annoyed me. Other times people would come in and order things that were never on the menu. I worked there for three years and before that, that restaurant at that time, when I was working there was open for about like seven, eight-ish years, I think. And during that time, the menu hasn't changed. One instance happened where someone came in and ordered the burger like normal. I was like, okay, they know what they're doing. And then asked for sweet potato fries. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I love sweet potato fries, but we don't have any here. Like, I would love it if they would do that for us, but we don't have that. And they were like, no, you do. And I was like, oh, no, we don't. You must be thinking of a different restaurant, but we've only carried the one type of fry. And I've asked managers, I was like, did we ever, like, did we ever have sweet potato fries? Because so many people come in and ask for it. And then they're mad that I don't remember. Maybe it's a Mandela effect. Who knows? And they're like, no, we've never had sweet potato fries. So I had to tell them every time we don't have any. And this person, this specific person I was talking about before, was so mad at me and I was like I swear I'm not trying to gaslight you like yeah we we've never had sweet potato fries and even if we did have them before that doesn't excuse the fact that they were so passive aggressive towards me and that doesn't change that we don't have them right now but we also had two very clear drink dispensers and one would always have water and the other would always have iced tea. And again, these were clear dispensers. So you could clearly, clearly see what was in what. And every single time someone would be like, what's this? Which one's the water? Which one's this? And like they would point to the clear one and be like, is this water? And I'm like, no, it's vodka. Like, what do you think it is? And I would always point, I'm like, the drink dispensers are over here or like for water, it is over here. I would point to that direction. And more often than not, people would be like, oh, which is which? What is this? I'm like, that is water. What is this? I'm like, that is iced tea. We would also get people who would complain about food and like, you know, as you tend to get in a restaurant and it was either like temperature or something was wrong. And, and there were times where like, yeah, something was wrong. And that is our bad. We would own up to it. We wouldn't do anything horrible. We would apologize, try to fix the situation and move on. And there were a lot of more people who were like receptive. There was only a handful of people who had issues. But again, the interesting ones are the ones that have issues. Um, 
And, you know, like I said, none of us were perfect working there. There was this one time my coworker who I got her the job there and I won't say who her name is because I love her very, very much. <laughs> we were all just talking, laughing, and we were having a great time. And it wasn't even busy either. There was only one customer there. And my coworker um, delivers their burger to them. And again, we're all goofing off, chatting, having a good time. And the guy comes up and he was like, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, but there is no meat in my burger. And sure enough, she delivered the burger with no burger. It was just bun and toppings. And he, he thought the customer thought it was funny. He had no hard feelings. He was like, totally fine. <laughs> um, we got him his burger and everything was fine. Thank goodness. I'm admitting to the fact we have had our dumb moments. I've had my stupid fucking moments. But there were times where <laughs> the person who was just ordering was just dumb. The main thing it came down to was temperature because a lot of people don't have any idea of what temperature they actually like. There was this one person who came up and ordered a burger and he was like, I want my burger medium, but I don't want any pink at all. All of you restaurants mess it up all the time. Medium, no pink. I do not want any pink, but do not give it to me dry. I want it medium. And I was like, all right, sir. Um, and luckily, again, we weren't super busy. So I made a note for the people who are working back of house and normally after a while like they got my little antidotes of like certain keywords I would put in but I would still like go back there and make sure they knew what I was talking about so I'm like I put on the ticket medium but no pink I'm pretty sure you know what to do and so they cooked it well done and I brought it to the table and I was like here you go sir I went back there myself to make sure medium no pink and it was a well done burger and he takes a bite and he's like fucking finally someone got it right. And he was like, that's exactly what it should be like. That's exactly what my medium should be like. And I know I probably should have corrected him, should have maybe fought him on that. I mean, at the end of my time working there, I really wanted to fight back with a customer. But of course, during the time that I was planning to leave, no one wanted to fight with me. I was ready. <laughs> but... I, I was not going to correct him. I did not want to go through with that. More often than not, when we had scenarios where that would happen, they would always get defensive. Like, you're just kind of fighting with a brick wall at that point. But there were just, like, so many other things that happen. Um, like, I have food allergies. I have many food allergies. And so I know how to work around them. I know how to handle it when it goes to restaurants. Overall, I avoid certain restaurants given my allergies. And like, I know how to manage it. I know how to tell the waiter or waitress, hey, I'm allergic to this. Now I do. In in the past, as a child, as a, a younging, I was very, very bad at that. One example would be, I was on a flight back from Europe to back to Chicago, and I had a chocolate that I think contained some kind of nut. And I still had like seven hours left on that flight. And my lip was swelling up and I didn't want to bother anyone. So I went to one of my friends at the time and they gave me some Benadryl and they're like, there's a doctor by us if you need a doctor. I'm like, no, I don't want to trouble anyone. I took my Benadryl. I took a lot of fucking Benadryl and I knocked out on the plane and hey, I am still here. So it worked out for me. But anyway, for the most part, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make people aware 
of my allergies. So I don't have instances like that. And to my point is, you know, because I have food allergies, I totally understand someone else's food allergies, restrictions, how sensitive a person can be to something. So we've had people come in who had allergies to certain things. And I'm like, we have to do it like absolutely perfect, which they got like there was never like there was never a chance where they like messed it up and someone died. Like they were always on top of it. But for me, as a person who has a lot of allergies, I was like really, really on top of them when they were already really 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 on top of it so but there was this one kid I felt so bad for he was like 16 or 17 so I guess like not fully like a kid he was a teen and he came in with like again I think it was a grandmother (laughs) and he listed all of his oh this poor kid all of his allergies which were more than mine and I was like floored already I was like dude like (laughs) why are you here um, after hearing all of his allergies, I did mention, I was like, there, there are options. There's a option for you, but it's literally just going to be a burger, no seasoning and a lettuce bun. And so that literally is like pieces of lettuce for the top and pieces of lettuce for the bottom. So it's literally a burger and lettuce, no seasoning, no dressings, nothing. And I'm like, that's unfortunately your only option. And Given the neighborhood that we were in, there were other spots he could have gone to that were going to be more allergy friendly to his whole list of allergies. So I was like recommending them to do that. And the grandmother was like, no, no, I want to eat here. I I obviously couldn't like say anything or step in, but I, I know that frustration. I felt so bad for him. So then I take the grandmother's order and she has this big juicy cheeseburger with all of these toppings and all this stuff and the poor kid is only getting his meat lettuce burger and I'm so I felt so bad and normally in those situations as long as I had approval from like a manager or someone uh I would offer like a little a little something extra a little spice Uh, for them but unfortunately I couldn't offer him anything because all of my options to offer him stuff he was allergic to and I was just like I'm so sorry and I think he felt that he felt the pity which made it worse like he (laughs) he knew that this was a shitty situation but he didn't know that I knew I don't know if that made sense but my grandmother was like oh I'm so full that was so good and the kid's just like yep that was great. So I felt bad for him, but I I knew he had nothing against us at all. And it was his grandmother. So like, what was he going to do? So I I feel bad for the kid still. I hope, I hope he got a better meal that day. But in terms of tipping nowadays, so I've been um, out of working at that burger joint for over a year now. Um, But I still try to make the habit, but even before working there, I always try to make the habit of tipping 20% or more because unfortunately, I know it's not our job to pay their wages, but given what we live in, given how we work and everything, I think it's necessary to still try to tip 20% or more because unfortunately they are relying on that tip and until that changes, I'm going to keep tipping that amount. And I would recommend you guys to do the same, but obviously I can't tell you what to do. You do you. 
that is fine, but that's the unfortunate situation we live in at the moment. But overall, I think it should be required for people to work both in retail and the service industry and not like put them as managers. No, put them at the ground floor, let them work their way up if they want to, because they have to experience all of the aspects of all this bullshit. And hopefully, as a society, we will become better because we'll realize, hey, we shouldn't be assholes to the poor teenager who's working this job. Or we shouldn't be assholes to the parent who's working three of these jobs just to put food on the table. Because there are so many people out there who are entitled and they think, you know, that like the little people don't matter. Like, I am being paid to do my minimum wage job not to be your punching bag for whatever drama's going in your life. But overall, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you had fun listening to me complain about my work, job, stories, all that stuff. I would love to hear your stories. I'm sure they're just as crazy, probably more insane. So if you're on Spotify, there should be a Q&A section in this specific episode. I'm going to ask for your stories, feel free to enter your answer there. If you're on YouTube, just put it in the comments. I'd love to read them. If you're anywhere else, you can message me on Instagram. It's going to be at the Beatrice Nix, the as in the Beatrice Nix, as you would spell Beatrice Nix. I am also on all the social medias at that same at that is the same at for everything for me. So if you don't want to tell me your crazy work story, you could follow me there if you'd like. But yeah, thank you for taking the time to listening to this episode. I will see you next time at Nick's at Night.